0: So we had uh, a lot of good attention on the Facebook posting podcast uh, from last week, and it was just very interesting, right? Where we, we kind of basically showed that it, it, when we pick our friends and unfriend our friends from Facebook, it's not because uh, that they're white or they're Jewish or they're uh, you know older than 50 years old or whatever it might be, or that they're a lawyer. Um, or married, and so on, all those different permutations that the Democratic Party provides, it's based upon our values, right? You look at that person and you say, do he and I share the same values? It's, it's kind of so basic, and yet nobody seems to put these two things together. When they come to the, uh, to the voting electorate, they, they decide, well, this is the way you think because, you know, you're a white woman uh, older than 50 and you're married, so, you know, this is the way you probably think, right? You belong to this group. And and she would rightly say, what are you talking about, Willis? I I don't belong to that group. I don't identify that way. I'm far more than that. And she would be right. And likewise for us. But it's about Facebook that I'm talking about now. I am um, on many different Facebook groups, usually on the discussion between atheism and Christianity or atheism and uh, belief in God. And one of the things that it basically boiled down to is this notion, because we, we talk a lot about you know, who has done more damage, the, the godless or those who are religious, and it's so basic to, to me that uh, <clears throat> the godless have done far more damage to the world than anything that the religious might have, have done. Even if you include the Inquisition, the Crusades, the 30 Years War, you name it, it's uh, the atheists have us beat, as it were, in terms of the sheer numbers, right? And by the way, this is a chapter in my book, and it's called Murder by Numbers. It's a lot of fun. And so anyway, so one of the questions I threw out, and I said it in as neutral a way as I could, because I really wanted good answers. I asked a simple posting question. Where does your morality come from? Just that's all it is. I'm writing a book, um, and I'd like to know what your answer would be to where your morality comes from. And, and what do you think came out? I mean, what would you say, Ari?
1: Well, if- I'm sure some people said God, some. Right. And I'm sure. But this is, this is really directed to, to the, to the atheists. atheists. Yeah. And I'm sure to the atheists, they uh, answer things like Stephen Hawking, Barack Obama, huh. Odin, <laughs> Ro- nature. Okay. Uh, you know, the standard plays uh, a lot of times, you know, essentially Mother Earth. Or or ourselves
0: Right, okay, that's where they got it from They, they always say it, it, it goes to the heart It comes from the heart and Which of course begs the question Well why would the heart have given you morality In the first place, why, how does that work
1: Yeah, doesn't it just give you <clears throat> blood And maybe some valves yeah. or, <laughs> I right. never feel thinking in my heart <laughs> Right, it's, it's a
0: very bizarre argument Like well, how does that come about it's, 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 a, it's a real pass on the argument The basic arguments that seem to come out are as follows, that morality comes from evolution. That's it. Okay? That is the number one answer that I got from many different people. It was one of the most um, debated topics that I saw on the atheist um, uh, uh, forum that they have there. It was uncanny how, how consistent the answer was from evolution. It, uh, we, we eventually just got better, and uh, that's why we have our morality as such, right? <clears throat> so, uh, a couple of other people say, I get it from my mother and my father. Okay, well, but where do they get it from, right? It's so so basic. These are the same people who challenge you when when you say, well, the universe began with the Big Bang, and then they say, well, what came before that? And, you know, so, so it's, you know, we don't even go there, but nevertheless, they ask that question. But when... <laughs> When we ask them, where does your morality come from, and and they say their mother and the father, and then we ask them, where where does it go before that, they won't be able to answer. uh, Obviously, it comes from church. So they're borrowing from previous generations and the morality of the church and the synagogue and everything else, and they're not giving credit at the end of the day. But the evolution argument was the primary response. That was it. And, And this is what I find fascinating by it. Let's say it came from evolution. That, that morality is evolved and what we have as morality is as a process of evolution in the same way that we have five fingers as opposed to four in the same way that we have uh, I don't know you know lighter skin or whatever it is based upon the environment um, that we that we developed a heart that we developed uh, two legs and such like that in order to be more ambulatory and such like that I'm not agreeing with Evolution, I'm simply using their own argument.
1: You're just following their logical train where it could possibly go. Right.
0: So here's my easy answer to them. If morality is indeed a matter of evolution, how come we're all not moral? Right? I mean, it's so basic.
1: I mean, we we all have five fingers, right? All of us. Yeah, why did evolution catch you and skip over you? Right. why, Why is it over here and not there? Right. If this process is everywhere. And if it is survival of the
0: fittest, then generally speaking, the bad guys are the ones who want to impose their will upon us. So why wouldn't they be the ones surviving? Why wouldn't their morality, I put that in quotes, uh, be the one that survives all this? Right? It's, it's kind of basic. <coughs> I, was, I always felt it was a very disingenuous argument, the evolution argument. Um, and evolution it, itself doesn't make any sense because morality means that you are, you're taking care of those who are less fortunate than you, that are weaker than you. Well, that's, that's completely opposite from evolution. Why would, you, why would you do that? right? If evolution tells you that if you see someone suffering in the street, you don't save them, you let them die. Because that's what nature demands. It's natural selection.
1: Yeah, morality by essence is completely contradictory to survival of the fittest. It's survival of the most needy. Yeah, in many ways, survival of those in most need of alms or charity. Yeah, oh, that's so true. <laughs> where I, where uh, did Darwin write that
0: one? <laughs> I, they just don't think these three these things through, and you can just, you can hear pin drop almost in how they were unable to respond to that particular issue, the evolution. It's it's so simple, for them, evolution is the answer for everything. It really is their god in a sense, right? Evolution, and and it's so much fun because, you know, as an atheist you have to basically explain everything around you as a function of randomness you must i mean right but there's no outside yeah, there's no force dictating answer. any terms right yeah. there's no other answer so we know that what your what your battleground is it's it's all randomness now explain please mr atheist you must explain all of this and you can't that's the funny thing about it uh, and, and we've gone on to. I, mean, I just want to focus on the morality issue. That's that's all it is. I mean, I'm not here now to talk, talk about all the reasons why I believe there is a God and and why I think not only that there's a, a creator, but also that that same creator was the one of the God of of the Torah.
1: And you're also not getting into a an offshoot spur loop on on evolution itself either. This isn't about the you know uh, genetic traits of of uh, Delta smelt or something. Right. It's simply. I think, And I think it's such a powerful point, is that you're shining light that the best answer these people could come with... And, and remember, you're giving them the opportunity <coughs> to come up with a best answer. This isn't, give me your best answer in 10, qu- 10 seconds. This is a post on Facebook that allows someone to read it, think about it for a day, and then come back and say, Master, I've come up with this. Yeah, right. so true. Yeah, And instead of coming up with a an answer at least in the realm of something reasonable albeit incorrect they're giving you essentially the answer of an inan- not only an inanimate object an inanimate process that's hypothetical right it's it's idolatry of the worst kind well they they, they in, in come a way. Through the, yeah they, it's saying I worship uh, this thing over here right but I can't even see the thing
0: right. <laughs> Well, it's, it's like expecting you to deliver a package from here to, uh, I don't know, to, to New York. And you just say, well, it'll get there because it'll it'll get there. No, well, you have to explain how it gets there, right? So you have to pay the FedEx or whoever the overnight courier is or USPS. Um, and it, it either gets there or doesn't. But there's somebody that that's moves it along. And in the same way, you have to explain why we have morality. Um, and, and that's how we... We, we, you know, if you can't explain it, then maybe you have a problem. Yeah. And one of the, the the funny things about that discussion was everyone seemed to acknowledge, just tacitly, that morality is a good thing, that we should have morality. Nobody out there, if you're a real atheist, you should be saying morality is nothing. Uh, you know, I, I I will want to survive in this world and such like that. But the reality is. There is no such thing as morality. So long as I can get away with whatever I do, uh, so much the better for me.
1: Yeah, in a way. That's what you should be saying. Right. What's so interesting about what you just said is if you take, uh, and this is an ironic term, but a good Satanist, someone who worships the Antichrist or the anti-God, they will at least be intellectually honest with you and say, I worship immorality. And uh, I am an amoral person. Right. I were I root for the bad <laughs> to dominate the good. That's true. Have that. And a lot- Here's what's so sort of interesting about their answer, though. They s- say many of them who are again being intellectually honest. Um, I believe in true Darwinian survival of the fittest and the morality of giving alms to the poor, the needy, the crippled, the disabled goes against what I feel is the dominant God's law, which right. is immorality, right? right? Yep. Yeah, it's exactly right. They are two uh,
0: paradigms that are on a collision course with each other. Either you believe in evolution or you believe in morality. Right, and, and and you can't have both. Yeah. But it's very interesting how they implicitly accept the notion of morality when they shouldn't. I mean, look, even Dostoevsky writes about this in *Crime and Punishment*. With my favorite, I put "favorite" in quotes. Um, Raskolnikov is the is the main character of that, and the main thrust of that story is he's an atheist. He decides that he has to live consistently with his atheism, and that no, there is no, no such thing as morality. He was honest about it. And he, says, he's, he decides that he's going to kill this elderly lady who's really a crank and she's really not pleasant. And she's just, you know, sucking away all the, the money from the government. Uh, so why not kill her? He'd be doing a favor to all of us, right? And so he sets about to kill her. And he has it all planned out in his head. It's very cute and, and everything else. But he, he sets about to kill her. And then, surprise, surprise, as so he actually does it, um, you know, it, it's not such a clean getaway. Her sister is also there, who's also old, and he has to end up killing them both. He hasn't planned for this, so it's a big mess. At the end of the day, the rest of the book is about how he has to deal with this. I mean, you know, and he's he can't get caught. You know, in the end, he he confesses because he can't stand the guilt, because that's, that's so his whole world of atheism, his sense that there's no, no such thing as morality, it doesn't play so well for him. At the end of the day, he, he is a thoughtful creature. He is a moral right creature. Into,
1: it runs right into the better angels of human nature, which sometimes exists. You know, we as conservatives always talk about how we have to factor in human nature, usually referring to the human nature's weakness. That people will be greedy, liars will lie, cheaters will cheat, evil right. people like Kim Jong-un will nuke, right. right? But there's the other side of human nature, which is... People do have a moral center and do yearn to do good, and when they attempt to do bad and attempt to be immoral and attempt to be satanist, sometimes it runs against their better angels too. Right. Well, I mean, the, the point. Yes, you're right. But the point of the, the crime and punishment is
0: that he, he ran afoul of the fact that there was such a thing as morality. His premise was was a horribly faulty premise. Right. And and uh, you know he he deals with this uh, this detective. Who is a bumbler? He doesn't know what he's doing. He can't can't seem to find the evidence. But he does ask questions because he's in the same building. But in Raskolnikov's mind, the murderer's mind, he thinks that the detective knows and that he's playing and toying with him all this time. When in fact, the detective is not doing any such thing. What a
1: great story! Oh, it's a great story.
0: It's so much fun. It's actually one of the more accessible of Dostoevsky's uh, books. And then, of course, in the end, he finally just flips out and he says, "Okay, I did it. I, I, you, you are incessant to you know claims of this. Is just you're a madman. I hate you so much." To the to the detective, he ends up going to prison, and in prison, he has a complete reawakening, a love for God, uh, and it's it's really powerful.
1: Can I so, ask? Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Um, and if this gets off topic, we'll just go back and talk about, you know, go on down a different thread. But this strikes me that this might be relevant. Is it an issue about the validity of the theory that the atheists attribute the moral core from? In other words, we agree that evolution is junk science. Right. Okay. That's right, it is. And we've covered it many times on other episodes of this the Broccoli podcast. Look them up, people. <laughs> iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, right. You know. If they had cited, and I've I've run into people who've done this, at least a legitimate set of seri- uh theories, beliefs, theorems, science, et cetera. In other words, if they had attributed their their um Position to morality coming from algebra or Euclid, although that has problems, it's (coughs) at least not junk theory. Right. So, and and there is at least a a, a line of argument I'm I'm seeing in my mind about this example. Uh, Where does your morality come from, atheist? Well, geometry, of course. I see in geometric perfection of things like either. A Frank Gehry building or the uh, cathedral at Toledo, God's perfection in numbers. Oh, right. Right? And even though algebra is somewhat a a cold science and, you know, doesn't have a, a beating heart or isn't a living God, at least I could understand why they would logically say that. Right. That my mor- my morality that. comes from the, the symmetry of the universe or something like that as experienced by
0: right. m- mathematical theory. Right. The problem with that is that they could easily use that same argument to uh, engage in eugenics. They could say that somebody that is less than perfect uh, uh, runs a counter to the perfect design of the universe, and therefore we should get rid of that person. And there's too- it's too easy to refute. Likewise, but, but going to your point, they could rely on Aristotle, for example. Uh, Nicoma, Nic- what is it? Nicomachean ethics, uh, all the notions of what is good, and on and, and all that stuff. But it, it failed. That the whole notion failed because it didn't have God in the picture. It was it was just like the atheists of today. They they are focusing on what is logically a good thing to do. So I, I, I admire that the ancient Greeks sought to uh, achieve perfection in, in goodness and and sought to do the good, but they never really understood that. You have to have God in, in order to, to actually achieve the good at the end of the day. That's, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, look, <clears throat> another thing that came out, and I'm kind of dovetailing into the next section of this podcast, is that uh, and you'll get a lot of people uh, slamming you uh, during these Facebook uh, discussions, where they say, "Look, atheism is not a religion. it s- simply says, "I don't believe in a God." Okay Atheist, right without? Uh, a God uh, creator, and that's the way I am. I, it's not part of my life. In the same way that I'm not a mountain biker, uh, although I am. But let's say I were not a mountain biker. Um, you know, that's it. It's what's 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 such a big deal of that? That's what they'll say. It's not a good argument, and and here's the way I've, I've taken to it. And I didn't quite post these as Facebook posts, but I I will at the end of the day. Which is, look. Godlessness, no matter whether you are with God or without God, or you are fighting God, or, or however you want to describe it, uh, all of it has an impact. Uh, virtually all of it negative. In fact, I, I can't think of anything that good co- that comes out of godlessness, other than maybe to make the the God fearing appreciate what God offers. Right? That's about it. Um, godlessness, by the way, uh, is it's you might as well say it's uh, that you don't believe. In uh, father, fatherhood, right? <clears throat> so to say that you're an atheist, that you're against God, it's like saying, I don't believe in fatherhood, right? No big whoop. <laughs> that's my position. I don't believe in fatherhood. But of course, it has devastating consequences to say you don't believe in fatherhood. Or how about, I don't believe in wearing safety belts, right? You can believe that all day long, you, and you refuse to wear a safety belt, but that's not going to lead to very good consequences, or uh, believing in personal hygiene, or believing in some degree of sexual discretion, right? All those things, I mean, beliefs have an impact is what I'm trying to say. Um, Here's another one, Not, not believing in vaccinations, right? I'm without vaccinations, I'm a vaccination, But that would have a terrible impact, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah. So what I'm hearing, and uh, the list probably goes on, but I ask that part of the problem is a belief or lack of belief in completely inappropriate or appropriate things. So let's just take safety belts when you drive. Right. Okay. You can not believe all you want in the use of a safety belt. You just better not get behind the wheel. Carrying that belief with you into a car Right And if you do carry that belief with you into a car You better by the grace of God Not get into the type of accident That would have (laughs) saved your life Had you believed in wearing one of these That's a good point So it's an appropriation of applying the belief uh, uh, With um, what would that be called Uh, Circumstantial awareness Or situational awareness well, here, here's a, a more but, but isn't that interesting That the way the atheist speaks Constantly and thinks Constantly leads them into belief Into inappropriate things Or non-belief into the inappropriate well, That's the point That's exactly the
0: point And they, they think that they're simply stepping out of the God zone Which is fine But they never stop to think that that it might have an impact When you step out of the God zone right. That's exactly and, what I'm saying And it's, yes. it's to be a little bit more crass It's like uh, I don't believe in condoms let's say Right? Okay. Well. Well. Okay. You, you, you may not have to believe in condoms. It's your business, I suppose. But don't be surprised when your girlfriend or your wife or whoever uh, gets either pregnant or you catch a disease. All right? It's it's one of the two might happen very easily. So, to, to simply have a, a belief and not or, or that you don't believe in condoms. Well, okay, that's fun. But or, or what about alcoholic uh, temperance? I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on, like you said. It really does. And you can have a lot of fun with this
1: Yeah, but... you might as well say, I don't believe in making sure my roof doesn't leak in the rain Right It's it's it, In other words, I, I, what's coming to my mind is the image of Well, then you're in the uh, realm of what's called being a jive turkey with your idiotic beliefs Right Moron Right, <laughs> right? Yeah. Stupidity, I, I don't believe in stupidity Oh, is that why you're acting like one? Right, or I don't believe in reading, right? <laughs> I don't believe in math I mean, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, and you might not enjoy studying those subject matters And that's fine and up to you But I assure you, they do exist (laughs) Right, right, right Now the
0: atheist will say, in response, in fairness to the atheist He'll say, uh, that's very cute what you said But you're equating the existence of God with the existence of math and science and such like that Uh, This is a fanciful thing You you created this You're assuming a priori means before the fact that God is just as real as the existence of math and science. And it's a good argument on their part, but the, the reality is that, yeah, I, I'm, we're simply saying are there consequences to godlessness? And there are very big consequences. And the lack of morality is the most important one. You cannot, repeat, cannot have a moral world without God. You can have, you can. Talk about logic all day long—you'll never get there, because logic is too easy to to use for very immoral, what we would consider very immoral purposes. Logic dictated that that we uh, sterilize people who were um, who uh, are
1: undesirable. undesirables,
0: yeah. So, yeah, whatever that might mean, uh,
1: <clears throat> and and back in the twenties, thirties, and all the way through the early seventies. So are we? <clears throat> and and this is, I believe, a very fair question point. Are we simply asking the atheists? And trust me, we're tolerating their beliefs and saying, hey, have at it if you want. But we're at least asking them for intellectual honesty and moral accountability for the ramifications of their position. And I would say, and asking the question, considering that immorality and an immoral world is going to be the result of your belief system and the spread of it and harboring it, you should at least and must be okay with an immoral world if you're going to live this way. Yeah, that's right. And if you aren't okay with an immoral world, I beg you to reconsider the position. Yeah. If, if you want an immoral world, an immoral nation, an immoral society, fine, have that. Right. Find one out there. They, they exist. Move there. Right. Live there. That's right. Try it out. And if it's okay with you, stay there. But don't impose an immoral world on me Because I want to choose a moral world In a moral place
0: Well, they think that they're more moral than you Which is ironic, of course Because the morality In the same way that they would demur to our saying That God and science are on the same plane Right? We, we know that, that God is uh, In fact, it's much higher than science himself But they would say, no, God, God is not part of science and, and that, So in the same way um, they, they refuse to understand the, the morality is part of the equation as well. They just, that, that's, that's the amazing thing about this. That they just never pick up the clue that morality um, goes bye-bye when you don't believe in God. It's Simple. It's, it's, so, it's so basic. I, I don't know why um, people haven't brought this up much more. Where does your morality come from? And it, it, they can, again, play the logic games all day long. They'll never get there. Fascinating, right? All right, Uh, we need to move on to our next topic, and that really comes from very similar arguments that we just made about um, uh, the the morality play, which is you got to be a critical thinker, you have to be intellectually honest. One of the things I like about Raskolnikov in *Crime and Punishment* was that he was intellectually honest, right? He understood that atheism meant no morality. You do what's necessary to whoever's the strongest, uh, that's the one who survives. And so, you know, he played, he lived in that world. Now, of course, it, it, it all it fell crashing upon him later on, but that's another story. In the beginning, he, he realized this is the way I have to live, and he wanted to purposefully set out to live consistently with his beliefs. I respect that. But uh, critical thinking is not what, what, you have, what you have today. You have, I mean, you brought up offline a very good example, Ari, of... Um, people choosing between, I think you said kick cereal or tricks cereal.
1: Yeah, tricks and granola.
0: And, and something healthy, more healthy like yeah, granola. A,
1: a healthier choice. Right.
0: And you would look to the side of the, the, the box, right? And you'd say, okay, well, uh, you know, uh, at least I know that if I'm going to have this trick cereal, well, then it's not going to be as good for me than if I had this granola. Okay. Uh, but, but people don't do that, right? I mean, it's, it's interesting. People, you, you almost have to be such a passionate critical thinker just to be healthy these days. Which is kind of interesting when you think about it. Like, I mean, you know, I'm vegan. Uh, I will talk about the dangers of meat, the dangers of, of dairy, and such like that. I don't want to drill down too much on it. But the reason why I come to it is not because I, you know, I love animals, which I do. But that's not the main reason. If if I were told that we must eat animals in order to have a meaningful life, that we are destined to eat animals, and that's part of our biology, uh, you you bring on the steak, baby. I would say that I would have it as, as uh, you know three times a day, but I don't because I, it doesn't make sense to me. I did some critical thinking analysis on both milk and dairy, and it just doesn't make sense, right? So, for example, why do we cows? Why do we drink cow's milk, right? It's, it's we're the only mammal that eats another or drinks another mammal's milk, right? And this mammal's milk is designed for a cow, which has its own programming, right? So. You know, a child will grow much faster as a result of that, because the cow's milk is is designed to grow a, a calf into a cow really quickly. <laughs> All right, I mean it's it's not it's not like human milk. Yeah, they call that um, in the business steroids. Yeah, that's right. Well, no, it, it makes it, it even literally worse. literally is. It's, I know, about it, it, but but even naturally, I'm saying yeah. it. it's it's every milk. Has its own different programming.
1: Right. Sheep milk is to grow a <laughs> lamb into a sheep. Exactly. Goat's milk, a kid into a goat. Right. Uh, cow's milk, a little calf into a gigantic 2,000 pound bull. That's right. Okay. That's why I say steroids, is right. it's a different level of there inflation. You go. In other words, <laughs> right. milk is not milk.
0: Yes. All right. So, uh, but again, I'm not drilling down on that yeah. because that's the, the important bit. What I am drilling down on is the notion of critical thinking. And we have to, we've, we're living now in a time where we have to be. Uh, to really see through the, the crap, you really have to be a critical thinker. Now, this is, this is a good thing for, for we conservatives because we're constantly able to look at uh, a new proposal, the latest proposal from the liberals, whether that's global warming or uh, that there's a Russian collusion or whatever, right? And we get to pick it apart, so we have to be critical thinkers. But you really do have to be a critical thinker uh, to, to see all this stuff. And I said you have to be a critical thinker to some extent to be healthy, because if you just rely on, on the government telling you these things, well, then y- you're doomed. I mean, this is, this is one of the things I, you know, again, as a, not, not even as a vegan, but just somebody that tries to be healthy. We have such distrust of government, right? We, we believe the government is flawed, especially when it's too big. It tends to be corrupt. But when it comes to, uh, you know, and they develop a, what, a food pyramid every three years, it changes all the time. Right? Well, Why? We know that the, the reason why it's changing is because there, there are different lobbying efforts by different,
1: you know, industries. I mean, are we surprised? Right. Yeah. Sugar, the new white meat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We've decided five servings an hour is the new healthy dose of it's sugar. It's hysterical. Right? It's really hysterical.
0: <laughs> you know, who who do you think came up with the campaign with the you know give eggs a break, right? Yeah. Or the milk doesn't got a, a body good, and they'll, they'll, they they want to be on the top of that pyramid or whatever it is to to make you maximize. Your consumption of whatever their product is yeah. So uh, it, It's really quite fascinating And I, I simply ask our listeners Be very, very circumspect About anything that the government throws at you Telling you that it's healthy for you Or that this is good for you Same thing, I, I don't know, student loans You know, be very circumspect about that The HARP program, right The housing, whatever they call it um, Designed to uh, get you in, Locked in, loaded in, in certain loans Not really a good idea there are just bad there's a lot of bad ideas out there and you have to kind of bust them. And and the, the global warming is really the best example. I mean there there are so many issues with global warming. It's it's become a joke. Putting aside the fact that none of the predictions that Al Gore or anybody made about global warming that was to occur by the year 2013-2014 hasn't happened. Just put that aside, right? Now we're finding out that in fact um, they were, um, people were abused and they were taunted and they were pressured <coughs> to find, uh, the results that they wanted to find that. So, uh, we, we also know from that, uh, University of East Anglia, all the, the fake emails and, and how they were encouraging to, to manipulate data and such, but no, 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 you know, uh, those who are true believers, meaning the global enthusiasts, as I call them, they're all over that. They, they love that stuff and they always have an excuse. For that, they, they they get so embedded in their thinking that they begin every time another uh, crop of information comes up suggesting that maybe this this global warming thing is really all crap and you've been lied to. It's you know it's it's kind of like uh, the woman who marries that man and and uh, he looked so great when she first met him. He was so handsome and he claimed all sorts of great things about what he was doing and he was so buttoned up. But then he find, then you find out that that family that he claimed was his wasn't really his family. Uh, then you find out that he didn't really have that job. Then you find out that he you know he's uh, he's a stripper on the side or you know whatever he, he's, he's not all that he claimed to be.
1: And then you find out his name was O.J. That kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's worse. Don't go in there.
0: And then you find out that he actually has uh, you know a bisexual affair going on. Uh, but. But no matter, you know, because what happened is that she fell in love with him in the beginning, right? So she's embedded in, literally and figuratively, with him. She she's attached to him. Yeah,
1: she's like a time traveler of this age. I shall never leave.
0: That's right. Yeah. She can't get it out of her mind, so she she'll keep on giving excuses, where <clears throat> where somebody <laughs> needs to slap her around and say, listen, you know, not not literally, but to say, you know, Sally, you. you don't you see what's going on? She needs an intervention, right? You would say, no. Any, anybody from the outside would say that this is crazy. But it's exactly the same thing that's going on with global warming and so many other issues that, that are facing us today. I, I love talking about this because in many ways, you know, the, the, the Democrats, when they throw out this garbage at us, it's like an opportunity to unravel this Rubik's Cube, right? You know, it's, it's, they say, here it is. Here's a fixed Rubik's Cube. Right? And, and, and it's not. It's, it's jumbled. And, but you have to you know, solve the Rubik's Cube. right? That takes hard work. But let's just throw it out at you as, and say, I've done it. No, no big deal. And it's, it's like what we talked about many, many uh, years ago. I think we had a, a podcast called Packaged Thinking. Do you remember that? And I don't know if this is a, the metaphor that we raised before. But you know, you get a Happy Meal and a McDonald's, right? Or there's a, a combo thing. And here it is, you've got your your quarter pounder, you've got your french fries, and your drink that goes along with it. Which means, right, by definition, well, you're supposed to have all these three things. Your meal is not complete unless you have those three things, right? In fact, and these are all good things for you at the same time. These are all the assumptions, right? Here you go, just get us our combo, and and you're all set. You're doing the right thing by buying this packaged meal, right? So, but that's what they do with, with global warming, isn't it? It's a big packaged meal. But, but but it's nothing. It's it's totally false. And it's designed for only one thing, to change our society entirely. To make, What is the expression, I think you said it, Ari, uh, green is the new red, right? And it's so well, such a good phrasing of what the problem is. But you have to be that critical thinker. Uh, the Russian collusion, I think you brought this up as well before we, we started our podcast, Ari. We were talking about how um, this All this evidence uh, Of the So-called Russian collusion Seeking Trump's election Okay, so They, they, they bring this all out And they, they say it as though it's somehow a, a fait accompli, it's an established fact That the Russians were seeking to get Trump Alright, so Let me get this straight There's no evidence that The Russians were tampering During the primaries right, Of the Republican primaries such that Trump would eventually rise and, and become the, the party's no, nominee. No, no, no. But somehow the, the Russians still wanted Trump, right? So you would expect if they wanted Trump, they would, they would do some hanky-panky during the primary part of as well.
1: Before he was known as the nominee. Right,
0: yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And furthermore, you would also expect that since they basically had a communist running, known, known as Bernie Sanders, uh, that they would want him. And, uh, and and this is the guy who did his honeymoon in Moscow, after all. And we're talking about Putin. Soviet Union, so, yes, Moscow, you're right. the old, the,
1: the good old days before capitalism. Soviet, That's right. R- you know, Russia, right.
0: but but Putin, <laughs> Putin, uh, you know, bemoans the loss of the Soviet Union. He yes. he thinks it was the greatest tragedy of the 20th century, uh, from his perspective. So yeah,
1: and and the Russians today are uh, are very f- uh, forward and honest about trying to restore the empire. Right. That existed right. in the old USSR days. So here's Bernie Sanders, perfect opportunity. You're not going to help him. Yeah. Wh- why wouldn't you want him? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So that doesn't make sense.
0: And then, <clears throat> and, and then, why would the Russians sabotage Bernie Sanders? I mean, it's one thing to not support Bernie Sanders, but they actively sabotaged him because they they went into the DNC, uh, whatever. Well, I suppose the DNC was the one that sabotaged the Bernie Sanders thing. Um, but the, why wouldn't they want? Why wouldn't they choose? Hillary Clinton, at the end of the day, yeah, she, but- she's so, she would be so inept. She has no sense of, of real foreign relations. Yes, she was se- Secretary of State, but that doesn't make, mean anything. I mean, you, you can still be a Secretary of State. You can be president, for that matter, and be inept. So, I mean, and certainly they would argue that about George Bush. They, they even argued that about Ronald Reagan. So why can't it be true also that Secretary of State is inept? So why would they, why wouldn't they want Hillary Clinton to win? How could they have bungled this so badly? And this is Trump who is now taking on Russia and, and having constant fights with them. You think that maybe, maybe Putin is a masochist. Maybe that's what he wanted. He just wanted the game, he wanted the challenge, yeah.
1: right? I mean, so, in other words, it doesn't make sense. Well, I, and I think there's one <coughs> other point that, I, just for the entertainment value alone, is worth discussing because yeah. the audience, I think, will just love this. The people claiming this Russian collusion, election theft, are Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama themselves. Yeah, They were the people behind the diplomatic reset with Russia. So are they now looking back at their own history, their own legacy, and saying, we did such a horrible job alienating and pissing off the Russians with that reset that we totally screwed up, right. that they hated us so much that they stole the election from us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and and we're admitting it.
0: And, and then putting aside the fact that there's n- no evidence, evidence whatsoever, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, really, it's like, okay. You know
1: all that evidence we talk about O.J.? You know all that evidence showing O.J. most likely cut off Nicole's head? Right, right? including his own book where he right. said, here's how I did it. Yeah, okay. you know all that? Well, on the Russian thing... None of, there was no blood, there's no footprints, there's no Bronco, there's nothing. Right. Yeah, there's, there's not even a hint of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's been, I don't know how many months now, probably a year, uh, more or less, and it's simply, literally no evidence whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, of course, I understand they want there to be evidence, but that doesn't make it so. Um, and and how, how they could reach these conclusions, they, they want it to be so badly. It's, it's, anyway, I'm, I'm fascinated with that. How would they have influenced the election, too, But Right. How would that look like? I mean, there's not one voter who has said, I don't know what happened. I was going to vote for Hillary Clinton, but something hypnotized me. I I, I think I drank some water or something, and I, I found myself voting for Trump. I really regret it, right? I mean, wouldn't that be the ideal thing to do, right? You get a bunch of people voting for Trump. And the very next day, they would say, what happened? I I got fooled. I, I, I pressed the wrong lever or whatever, punched yeah, the like wrong
1: button." Yeah, like the boss. butterfly ballots of Florida in Bingo. 2000. I thought I was this Chad yeah. and it was that Chad. But you
0: don't have that, yeah. right? And so how do you say that that's a Russian influence? I mean, look, the, the, I think the better argument it would be to say, and not that it would have an impact from a political point of view, or nor could you lay it at the feet of uh, Donald Trump, but the Russian television uh, uh, network, RT, right? They're constantly... Spitting out this very propagandist uh, News segments in, in perfect English To Americans and to the, to the West at large So, you know, obviously Very pro-Russia, very anti-America Very anti-Israel, by the way, too So that's much more influential But, but, but you, can't, you don't even get there That's the critical thinking part of it In what way did The Russians even attempt To influence the voting electorate What, what, what is there? What's the there there?
1: I'm still waiting for that. Yeah, is there like, a, besides the RTTV and a bunch of websites and maybe some Facebook posts, is there a, the equivalent of, what is that called, Radio Free America that broadcasts over North right. Korea or in Iran? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Where is the, the you know communist Russian network restoration channel right. that's, that's beaming radio waves into American voters' brains, well, and getting them to show up at the precinct
0: to vote Trump? But look, it's the same playbook, right? They, they say the word influence— yeah. In the same way that they say the Earth is warming, right? And you say, how so? T- Please tell me, right? And there's really no evidence for it. It's, it's a computer model at the end of the day. But it, th- then we go back to basic critical thinking. Like, I mean, there's so many basic questions to ask. <clears throat> doesn't your model, sir, if you're a global warming enthusiast, doesn't it? What, what happens if there's one or even a couple of thermostats that are wrong, right? What if they're off, huh? Is that possible, sir? Well, of course it is. I mean, people will make mistakes as it turns out. But, and and there's gonna be a lot of mistakes. Could it be that the thermostat is a little too close to a building which tends to be warm up the temperatures and such? Um, And could it be that the person writing down the temperature wants to write a higher temperature because, you know, maybe he didn't notice it very carefully. I mean, it, it presumes a perfection in human uh, analysis of these numbers and, and the global warming issue that I just don't buy. I, I, I never have. Uh, likewise, uh, it assumes that nobody has an agenda. Everyone's motives are pure. They just want the right answers, right? I love that part of it. That's, that's the easy one, right? I mean, yeah. it's so devastating. Uh, Of course people have agendas. I mean, you you have to be a fool not to think that. Even the liberals think this.
1: Yeah, and isn't it funny when it comes to that one issue? These are generally the people who hold major corporations to account for everything. And they don't trust major corporations. And how many major corporations have adjusted their plans and their agendas and their image to capitalize on this kind of thing? Is the Toyota Motor Corporation really such an altruistic... Oh, a yeah, Group no. of people yeah. For marketing the Prius Or no. is it just taking advantage Of the mood du jour
0: uh, You're 100% right I thought you were going to go somewhere else I agree with you by the way They're riding on the coattails Of people's sense of love for government And big government agendas That's what's happening So hence the leaf Hence the Audi uh, uh, commercial That you saw in the Super Bowl I think it was um, you know, Which was a very pro-woman sort of um, uh, campaign but it's the same thing It's really the same thing as all these people That believe in all these conspiracies right? I, I thought that you were going to, by the way Go to the issue of uh, On the one hand that uh, Liberals are so suspicious of big Governments, uh, big, uh, sorry, big corporations And they want to regulate, regulate, regulate Because you know you have another Bernie Madoff Coming around the corner uh, you know, Gosh golly, that's, that's terrible And uh, we've got to do something to stop this And make sure it never happens again But when it comes to the government Well their motives are pure. They're government people. They they love they love to do the right thing, right? They, you have to be such a fool to believe this. Here, here's what I always say, you know. And, and I had a, a nice Sunday show about this, Ari, where I, I asked, you know, who is more likely to believe in conspiracies, liberals or conservatives, right? And it, the answer came flooding very quickly among my callers and otherwise. Uh, of course, conservatives are less likely to believe in these conspiracies. Yeah, of
1: course, and, and you also, I think, posed uh, the same question: Who's more likely to believe the God-believing or the atheist? Yes, that's and right. And the answers fell along the exact same lines, same lines. as well. It's, it's funny, funny. It. believing in that invisible force of morality makes you not believe cockamamie stuff. Right. Yeah, and, and they accuse you of,
0: of believing the cockamamie stuff. Yeah. that's that's correct. Uh, but 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 even in, like in these, and this is critical thinking. And I wonder how, as I read these atheist posts, it's it's so um, it's hard to follow. They they are very scattered minded. There's not
1: yeah, you think yeah,
0: they are. <laughs> yeah. There's one gentleman. Uh, his name is James Taylor, uh, not the singer, of course, but it, you know it's a common name, I suppose. I, I like the way he presented himself. He's an atheist, and he had very good, solid propositions. They they were faulty in their own way, but he was the the one that was willing to engage in them most effective way possible. Uh, but nevertheless, everyone else, you, you just try to follow their logic. They don't, they don't make sense at all. You try to encourage them to say, listen, let's first decide whether or not there's a creator at all. Forget about all the, the New Testament and the Old Testament and such. They, they want to go right to there. Do you believe that uh, Jesus was resurrected? You know, they want to make that sound ridiculous yeah,
1: do, you do you believe mixing types of fabric is a sin? That, right, that's right, a, exactly
0: So you they, know. Look, they, you know, they, they try to kind of make you feel ridiculous about your own beliefs And I, I say, here, here's the best response to that, by the way If you ever find yourself confronted with that It's like saying, presenting a complicated calculus equation With the integral sign, right? And the differential sign and everything like that And then you present it to somebody You say, this is mumbo-jumbo I don't understand this, Right? And, and you'd be right if you sent it, if you gave it to a fourth grader, they would say, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> because they don't understand that they understand, you know, two plus six, and they understand maybe multiplication, but they don't understand these integrals and such. But you present it to them, they say, "This is this is crazy." But what, but it's the same thing. It, it, the reason why we ultimately believe in the things we do is because we got there through a different process. We got there through a process where we first established that there's a creator. Then we started to think logically about whether or not that creator was also the same God of the Bible. And the logic, using logic, critical thinking, it, to me, it makes sense. And that's why we believe the things we do. Once you accept that there is a God and that God demands morality and goodness among us and that he does involve himself in our lives, it's not that hard to accept the possibility that he did intervene for example with Moses parting the sea and such like that. It's not hard to believe that that God uh, flooded the earth. Why why wouldn't he? He wants to get this party started so to speak, right? He wants to make sure to celebrate freedom. So don't don't point to the Moses story and say how ridiculous that is. That's you you're, you're literally like that fourth grader who thinks that a calculus equation is is absurd. He doesn't understand that whole kind of crazy uh you know scripted kind of like look that, that it has and all the crazy other notations and what is the, the, the circumference of something they don't, they don't get that stuff but it's mathematical isn't it anyway critical thinking you're seeing a lot less of it these days um, and I don't think you'll see any more of it for a long long time to come
1: yeah and there's also an interest I love how you just brought up that, that example because what's so rich and beautiful about it is I don't know anything about calculus I don't but I do know that if I see a calculus problem presented like that, even though I don't understand it, I know there's a language to it and I know there are is someone out there who does understand it, right. thus it's probably not garbage. The same way if I see ancient hieroglyphs on some monument of the ancient world, I'm not gonna understand it, but I know there was a reason for it. It right. does make sense right. to those who can read it. Right. There's a complete de- the, we, the example I put to you earlier, um, isn't it illustrative that they cite a mumbo jumbo theory uh, evolution as their cause for believing in morality rather <coughs> than at least something provable like right. <laughs> you know uh, a, a true form of mathematics that makes sense like geometry. Right. Okay. That, the analogy is. Just because I don't understand it, I'm at least understanding that someone does and I'm not just dismissing it entirely and saying, Oh, it's garbage and no one knows what it is. Right. There of right. course there's nothing here. This is the scrawlings of a m- retard or a moron or an idiot. Right. You know, which would indicate the true ignorance of the someone declaring that the mumbo jumbo that really means something is just mumbo jumbo. Right. Exactly
0: right. You have um you know, we talked about package thinking before, but there's also, you know, First in line thinking, meaning that the first time you hear anything, if you get to that person first, uh, whether that means portraying Israel as a bad guy country, or believing that there's global warming, or for that matter, believing that America, uh, that its that's whole history is based upon slavery. If you get to people, as usually children, uh, with that mon- those mantras in the very beginning, it's hard to get them out of it, right? So that's... This is what the, the Democrats have done, the liberals, generally speak, the lefties, have done very well. They see an agenda play, and they, they tell you the, the, the world is going to uh, be destroyed because we're not taking care of the earth, whatever. This is a big sell for them, and it doesn't dawn on, on anybody who believes this garbage that they're just being told a packaged concept that they don't really even know why they believe it. They've been told to believe it, and they've been told that if you don't believe it, that you're the absurd one. You're crazy if you don't believe it. You're like the equivalent of a Holocaust denier if you don't believe this. Because you know why? 97% of scientists believe that climate change is real, okay? And you don't want to be somebody that disagrees with 97% of scientists, right?
1: Yeah, you might as well disagree with four out of five dentists who chew gum (laughs) when it comes to (coughs) Trident or that Coke isn't as good tasting as Pepsi, you don't want to be one of those, right? You don't want
0: to be one. Of, I mean, yeah. and, and then, then the critical thinking about what that phrase means, that 97% of scientists believe that climate change is real. Parse that out. I mean, you'll
1: know, have a lot of fun with that. For first Yeah, of all, we have on this show, yeah, on this show numerous right? times, you know, so, people who study insects, you know. <laughs> you know? So, so what does this all
0: mean to us? And you yeah. know, What can we take away from this? I think we can take away a lot. One is that, uh, you know, we, we are sharpening our skills, we're raising a group of young people that, in order to be conservative, in, or, in order, they have to, in order to, to end up doing the right thing, the right thing for the country and for themselves, mm-hmm. not just in health but in government and the way they look at the rest of the world, for that matter, they have to be really big, critical thinkers because even America, and, and for sure Europe, is dumping upon them ridiculous concepts. Global warming, anti-Israelism, anti-Americanism—you uh, know, bizarre history of America.
1: Yeah, the oh. primacy of big government, the the uselessness of tax cuts, the right. the value of spending huge amounts of money by societies for welfare states, know, right. all those things, and and, uh, and sex education and all that stuff, and it's specifically dumped on the young at the earliest possible ages to carve that rut that right. becomes unfillable. <clears throat> You're so right.
0: Um, you know, they, what's they, so- they, they 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 love. They love to throw it out there, and then they demonize you if you don't think exactly like they do. Right. And that the transgender business is is such a good example of that. Um, That that, and if you're not on board with that, you are your whatever transgenderist or some sort of some sort of sexist, some some sort sort of bad person. That's
1: not good to be. Yeah, you don't want to be that person. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right. (laughs) And just you know, five years ago, you've been screaming as a mom or dad to say, "Hey, there's boys in my girl's bathroom." get him the f out of here and now 5 years 5 years later you're saying well we really want to respect their rights because that boy feels like a girl like he, can, are you actually hearing yourselves guys i mean it's just it, it just like not even 5 years ago it was 2 years ago that this that would be a considered a, a ridiculous proposition and here we are so they, they don't even check in with themselves about the critical thinking anyway i uh,
1: you know what's so interesting about uh, how you started with um the atheists citing evolution as their reason for the the moral core that they have. What's so interesting about what you just said is, if you think evolutionarily about survival of the fittest as a concept, and think of how it applies philosophically to conservative thought and the ability of a conservative to have a honed mind to argue conservative concepts. If you're a conservative and you're on college campus, and all you encounter is liberalism, you have to be a really strong, brilliant person to know to reject it. If you're a conservative going through our culture with all the cultural gobbledygook dumped down you, and you're still able to articulate conservatism despite it all, you must be really sharp. Hence, our... Liberalism leads to A sort of brittleness in the thinking uh, yeah. Like an old person whose bones Through osteoporosis are, are curved and yeah, Push it down and once weak. and it gets destroyed yeah. Yeah. But conservative ideas Are so powerful Even with the few of us that there are right. That's why we're such a threat to them yeah. Because it's kind of like the Israeli army Okay, the population of Israel Is tiny compared to the surrounding Arab nations The, t- the size of the Israeli Military of those who are fighting, age of it is is tiny compared to the armies of the surrounding nations and their militarism. Yet the power of each soldier is godlike compared to the power of each for soldier sure, in the enemy sure. nations. Uh, it is it is exactly so. Um, y- you have uh, you know people yeah, that and it also explains why they ha- so have to destroy us then because. Any one of us who exists has the ability to convert thousands of them. Oh, the, the, there's,
0: no, there's nothing like a powerful idea to change everyone. Look, um, going back to your college campus uh, situation, look, when I was in college, it was Stanford. It was a very liberal college. Um, and I knew I was conservative. I, became, I actually became a conservative during college. So it's not as if I went in there with uh, conservative ideals and values and then uh, you know, just kind of fought the system and everything else. I would be impressed with myself if I did that, but I, in a sense, I mean, again, I'm talking about my former what twenty year old self. I'm really impressed with myself that I, I, I mean, really, aren't you? Right. I mean, yeah. I, I became a conservative in college. Here's why I became, because I began to see the garbage. Um, I think the thing that really changed me was the whole South South African apartheid movement, the the the, the, the attempt to boycott uh, all the goods from South Africa and such. And while I respect that, the fact that apartheid is such a horrible, was such a horrible enterprise and nobody should be segregating on the, on the uh, grounds of uh, skin color and such like that, what I found was that I found it to be a very disingenuous movement. People who were otherwise nothings in, on campus uh, were suddenly very agitated and very motivated to, to fight this. They saw themselves as having a cause all of a sudden. And that they are reminiscing about the days of the 50s. They, they had something to fight for. Uh, but, but it also dawned on me, what if, instead of it being a black-white issue, that it was, let's say, a Hindu-Muslim uh, thing. Right? I mean, exactly the same thing, same geographic location, everything else. But the Muslims were separating the Hindus or whatever faction you wanted. okay? And, and they, were, they called it apartheid the same way exactly. We wouldn't give a crap about it. But it was because it was black and white that it made a difference for us. I, find the, I found the movement very disingenuous. There were a lot of lies told about it. Again, I think apartheid, it was, it was good that it fell apart. Don't get me wrong. But I began to see that there was a lot of disingenuousness in all of leftism.
1: A lot of selective morality and selective, selective yeah. outrage. Yeah. Rather than being able the way we, because of our moral core coming from the, the source of morality, God, we apply our principles everywhere. Universally. Right. Right. U- universally. Slavery. Bad, liberty, good right. Capitalism, good yeah. Oppression through economic tyranny, bad yeah. It doesn't matter what society it is You got it, you got it exactly right
0: that, This is what made us uh, Made me at least And uh, I think for a lot of, a lot of people Who are, have this uh, the conservative notions In a liberal campus we, we, we kind of laugh at the system We had a podcast about that before, right You have to be able to recognize Hey, you're conservative in a very liberal campus Just laugh at it that's what it is. In the same way that, I don't know, you struggle in a, in, a camp, in a concentration camp, you have to make fun of the Nazis. You have to make fun of the guards in your own head and to, to each other, uh, the prisoners. That's what they did to survive. Jews did this very well uh, in their history. Whenever they had a, a tough time, they would, they would laugh, laugh at their enemies. And in a sense, I think that's what we have to do. You know, Not, not to equate the, the college campuses with the concentration camp. No, 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 of course not. But I am saying that there is a suppression of free speech in these college campuses. There is ex- ex- expectations for you to fall in line with this or that uh, way of thinking. and if you don't, well then you're an idiot, you're a denier or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, it might not be a gulag or gas chamber, but it's certainly an intellectual plantation. <coughs> it is. It's exactly right. And you have
0: to you know take it that, take it that way, laugh at them. and and when you see your professor saying the stupidest things, Send a text to your buddy saying, "Get this, right? This is what he said today," and then uh, and raise your hand saying, "Oh, so I get it, professor. I get it." So, let's see. Uh, you like minimum wage, right? I mean, because they talk about minimum wage in college too now. So minimum wage. So why why fifteen dollars an hour? Let's make it twenty five dollars an hour. No, you know what? While we're at it, let's make hundred dollars an hour. And don't you think everybody and you start clapping hoping that the rest of your your students also start clapping right and you've got this whole group of people clapping for 100 dollars an hour and then at some point the professor is going to say no 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 and then, why not professor i don't get it and just have fun with it instead of having to go you know headlong into a full frontal assault with this guy right just make fun of him more than anything else I don't know that I had that ability back then. I wasn't thinking in, in those political terms. But today, a conservative student has to do that. He must know that that's the kind of environment that he's in. Uh, and these professors, ooh, they are so self-righteous, and they've got tenure at the same time. There's nothing they can do that uh, uh, that will force them to get kicked out.
1: No, they've, they've adopted all the piety of a 1980s uh, stereotypical televangelist crusading oh. against pornography while having an illicit affair behind his own wife. You know, ain't,
0: that? ain't that the truth? Yeah. Ain't that the truth? All right. Well, listen, I, I, I love critical thinking. If, if there's anything that you've learned from this podcast is that critical thinking is, is, is what we do, Ari and I, but it, it's actually an essential part of our lives. We cannot survive as conservatives unless we are constantly, constantly laughing at them and engaging in critical thinking to destroy their arguments. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.